Foodie lovers, it's time. Hello, food lovers, it's Dave. Are you ready for some foodie fun? Yes, today and every weekday, cooking something good and your host, Dave Duso, brings you foodie fun adventures and fantastic food talk. Get ready for great recipes, food experts, daily prizes, lots of laughs, and of course, great deals on restaurant certificates and other food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, oh no, it's Dave Dussault. Hello, welcome to Cooking Something Good. It's time for, yeah, good food talk, lots of fun, and don't forget, may the 4th be with you. Yeah, it's May 4th, and of course it is May the 4th be with you day. A Star Wars reference. It's also one day away from Cinco de Mayo. Put those two things together, right? Buenas noches, Darth Vader. Yo quiero un paella, por favor. ¿Dónde está el baño? That's what you get when you combine Cinco de Mayo with May the 4th be with you. Yeah, cooking something good. We learn good stuff all the time. Seattle to Sonapi Andrea Jorgensen back with us today, and she'll be back on Monday. We've got her twice in a week. Usually we don't do that, but we missed her last week due to my travel plans. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Kentucky Derby. Tell you how to make a great mint julep. Don't forget, we've got a great deal right now on the Smithsonian Restaurant at csgbn.com. Get a $20 gift certificate for just $10. You can't go wrong. It's going to be a fun day here at Cooking Something good, but before we get all up and into it, let's talk about our great sponsors. The Conway Scenic Railroad. It's an old-fashioned railroading experience. You'll learn more at conwayscenic.com. E.L. Harvey, waste removal and recycling, quietly improving our quality of life with environmentally sound and economically sensible waste disposal and recycling since 1911. E.L.Harvey.com. Spill solved, move over, speedy dry. Spill solved is the new standard in affordable and practical restaurant spill recovery. And it's free delivery to your restaurant or even your home if you order right now at cookingsomethinggood.com. And Manny's Olive Oil, organically grown and handpicked from Manny's family's olive trees on the Greek island of Crete. From Manny's Greek family to your family kitchen, it's Manny's Olive Oil. Find it at csgbn.com. And those are our sponsors. Hey, it's Kentucky Derby Week. This Saturday is the big race. And for me, it's all about the mint juleps. We got this great recipe sent to us from Pete, who is from Nashua, New Hampshire, but now lives in Louisville. Pete, thank you for this recipe. There's nothing like a mint julep on Kentucky Derby Day. And here's an interesting fact. Over 130,000 mint juleps are consumed 
by racing fans at the Kentucky Derby every year. You know what that means? A lot of bad bets. A lot of bad mornings. But a lot of good fun, too, as long as you drink responsibly. Here's how you make a mint julep. Pretty easy. You want to get some mint leaves, a quarter ounce of simple syrup, two ounces of bourbon, some mint spring for the garnish, and also some Angostura bitters, which I love. And this is all you need to do. Get a julep cup or a rocks glass. And I know what you're asking. What is a julep cup? I have no friggin' idea. I really don't. And I'm not going to look it up. So just get yourself a glass if you don't have a julep cup. And then lightly muddle the mint leaves in the simple syrup. Add the bourbon and then pack the glass tightly with the crushed ice. And then stir until the cup is frosted on the outside. You want to top that with some more crushed ice to form kind of like an ice dome. And then garnish that with a mint sprig and a few drops of the bitter if you choose. And that's what makes up a mint julep. Kentucky Derby Day and mint juleps go hand in hand. Yes, indeed. And if you want to know who I think is going to win the Kentucky Derby, and I am going to give you a disclaimer here. I have been watching the Kentucky Derby since I was 12, and I'm not a gambling man, but I've never picked a winner. So take my choice, my selection, my guess, my bet, with a grain of salt, but I'm betting on Cyberknife. Cyberknife, cyber knife, one word, I think is the horse that is going to win the Kentucky Derby. And you can say that you heard it here first. And here's the beauty of doing a show like this. If he wins, I can remind everybody. And if he doesn't win, very few people will remember. You know what? If you want to win $30, this is pretty easy. We'll send you a $30 Visa gift card, if on Saturday, if Cyberknife does not win the Kentucky Derby, you send me a text message, 732-336-1040, easy as that, and say, you're a loser. You're a loser. You will win a $25 gift certificate. Now, if I win the race, I'm going to be in a jolly good mood, so I'm going to give away $50. If I win and Cyberknife wins, we will send you a $50 gift card if you send us a text message, 732-336-1040. It says, you are a winner, David D. So you, even, you either say I'm a loser if Cyberknife does not win and you win $25, a $25 gift certificate, Visa gift certificate, so it's just like winning 25 bucks, or a $50 one if I do win, and you say you are a winner, Dave. Easy as that. Cyberknife, that's my guest, Kentucky Derby Day. Enjoy your mint julep. Hey, everyone. If there's one thing I know quite a bit about, it's solid waste disposal and recycling. I ran a trash company for 25 years, and my family owned a trash company three generations. My grandparents started it for about 75 years. If you are, say, doing your kitchen over, cleaning something out, 
or you own a small business, a medium-sized business, a large business, a huge corporation, or you just need trash picked up at your house, I'm going to tell you, the company you want to call is E.L. Harvey. You can find them at elharvey.com. This is a pretty big company, but it's still family-owned, and it's still family-run. They've been in the business, the Harvey family, since 1911. Yeah, they're going on 110 years. They're great corporate citizens. The family is made up of some of the nicest people I've ever dealt with, and I mean that sincerely. If you need something that's related to solid waste or recycling, the company to call is E.L. Harvey. You can reach them at elharvey.com. E.L. Harvey, quietly improving the quality of life with environmentally sound and economically sensible solid waste and recycling since 1911. Hey, foodies. Welcome back to Cooking Something Good. You know, when it comes to your kitchen, some things you determine to be necessities, and everyone has their own unique preferences. And for me, it's very good extra virgin olive oil. In my kitchen, there's always only one, and that's Manny's olive oil. It comes from the Greek island of Crete. Manny's olive oil is harvested by hand, which is very rare in this day and age. It's not harvested by a huge automated machine, and that means there's no chemicals, and it means only the best olives make it into each bottle. I can tell the difference. It's the only olive oil I keep in my kitchen. Manny's olive oil comes from his family's own native olive trees on Greece's largest island, Crete. This affordable gourmet olive oil has a unique and bold flavor that can't be found anywhere else. Manny uses only the highest quality of olives, which means they produce only the highest quality of olive oil. You can find Manny's olive oil as well as restaurant gift certificates and other great food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. Cookingsomethinggood.com. Manny's olive oil from Greece with love. Hey, we're back. It's time for Sunapee to Seattle with my co-host, AJ Andrea Jorgensen. Andrea, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Pretty good week this week, but we're back on schedule. The only no, We're actually not back on schedule because we're running Wednesday this week as opposed to Monday um, because I've been off my, off my schedule with all the traveling I've done. You've done a little bit of traveling, so now that we're all back, we're going to run a Wednesday and then another Monday, so... A double dose of Seattle. It's not really a double dose because we're just making up for the lost one. So we're going to catch up. That's fair enough, right? Yeah. What's going on in your world? What's going on in your life? Besides the fact that you have two Uh, two young kids, which is a full-time job. But other than that, what do you got going on? uh, Spring in the Pacific Northwest is great. (laughs) It's beautiful. You know, I always thought that Nothing could be more beautiful than New England in the spring. Um, but it definitely rivals it out here between like the cherry trees and there's like so many tulip farms and like it's just beautiful. There's like magnolia trees that are like 50 feet tall and gorgeous. And A 50 foot magnolia it. tree? Yes, I like. I don't even have to drive down that street anymore, but I purposely like go down there for like a week at a time, wow. just to like see it when it's in bloom. It is so gorgeous. It's it's taller than the house, and it's beautiful. It's, if it's you see a crazy old man selling beans, do not buy them near that tree because if you climb up that tree and it grows taller, the monster will be up there. I mean, am I going to get a tree like that? Because I will totally do that. <laughs> 
How long would it take to grow a 50 foot magnolia tree? I don't know. I keep thinking one of these times I'm going to see the people outside and be like, Hey, uh, sorry that I'm a crazy person that drives by your house, you know, almost every day. But, uh, how long have you been growing this? But so far nobody's been out. So, but you, it's gotta be, if you want, I'll come out and just knock on the door. It's gotta be decades. And then when you show up, they'll be like, bye, you're only half as crazy as that other guy that showed up. So, okay. Yeah. We'll talk to you. <laughs> so I'll be the first to go yeah, in. I would like to see that. You know, again, I have never been to the Northwest. Oregon, Washington, Idaho. Haven't been there. It's pretty. It's pretty. And it's even uh, you know, like New England is known for the leaves in the fall and stuff like that. It's even it's even really pretty in the fall here. There's a lot of really gorgeous um like we've got the Japanese maples and we've got a lot of really gorgeous trees that turn colors too. So not quite with, you know, your Vermont, New Hampshire color, but it's close. It's not bad. We should do a whole week. Yeah. We need to find some restaurants out there and do a whole week of recordings. And then... Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, and then we need to do a trip to uh, get an airline and get a hotel and get, uh, get it so someone can win a trip to the Northwest. Oh, there you go. I think that's a good idea. We're going to work on that. Yeah. It still won't mean I still won't get to go to the Northwest, but somebody will. Well, maybe you could take along, make that a situation of winning that you're yeah. going to be there. Uh, I can hear it now. Their host. Harry, he's still in the bedroom. Is he leaving? Harry, he's in the kitchen. <laughs> he's making himself a sandwich. It, this isn't even a. Did we just get him dinner 10 minutes ago? <laughs> I know. What's he doing? What's all that microphone equipment? What's going on, Harry? I didn't know this was part of it. Oh, I would get a separate, my own place. I think I'll go and, uh, yeah, I think I'll go, maybe I get and talk my uh, traveling companion to go with me. There you go. Maybe. Maybe she'll be working up there at some point. She doesn't get up, to, I don't think she's ever been there. She's traveled so many places. I don't think Washington and Oregon she's gotten to. Is it Oregon or Oregon. I say Oregon, but I'm not native, so I don't actually know. Poke around. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ask a few there's questions. So many, like, there's so many towns around here that are all like the um, Snoqualmie um, cries, and so like all the, the Indian names and stuff like that, like Puyallup. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. It's P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. Is it Puyallup? 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 Like, yeah, like that. Puyallup. And then you get, like, places like Snohomish, the Mamish. Um, Mamish sounds like a yeah, mashed like, potatoes and beets that you put inside bread, right? It's a Mamish. Maybe not. Maybe that's not true. Maybe that's just yeah. a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, see if the Washington people poke around. See if they know anything about Oregon or Oregon. Or if you're from or or something. Send us a text, 732-336-1040, and let us know. Because we don't want to be ignorant. We want Someday we may go there. I mean, you've already been there, but maybe someday I'll go there, and if I say it wrong, I could offend an entire town. Potential guests, potential gift certificates for our listeners. Maybe they won't make my food as well. Maybe they'll give me a, a hotel room with rocks in the bed. I want to avoid all those things, and I can do that by pronouncing it correctly. Now, Washington, easy. Montana, easy. Texas, easy. Louisiana, I think they say Louisiana. 
yeah. Mississippi. Yeah, all the other ones I can say. Maybe I'm saying it right. It's got to be one or the other, though, right? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no real other other state that you could... No. Yeah. Wisconsin. Nobody says Illinois, so it doesn't matter. So it's Illinois. Illinois, yeah. I think that's about it. Hey, let's get on to yeah, the subject. Really let's get on to the subject at hand, food. And this week we are talking about what? Rhubarb. So excited. One of my absolute most favorite crops of the spring. Have you, have you <laughs> always liked rhubarb? Uh, I didn't like it as a kid. Well, I, I, I hated it. So I hated it. Um, my mom used to make like a rhubarb pie. Yep. I wasn't a big fan. Um, but then my cousin turned me on to, I was probably only like eight or nine at the time. And my uncle has this gigantic rhubarb plant that, I mean, cause rhubarb has no, there's relatively no pests to the rhubarb plant. They're easy to grow. And like, they can get huge. Like they, you can, they can be alive for like over 10 years. And so I don't know how long he's had this thing, but last time I was at his house, it was uh, four feet across and about four feet high. Like it was gigantic. And See, I that's, that's one of the things I would have feared. I would have feared that as a kid. That's how much I hate a rhubarb. Well, my cousin turned me on to, if you break off one of the stalks, and, like, the redder the stalk, the sweeter it is, but yeah. it's still pretty tart, right? So if you break off the stalk and you cut off the end and then you, like, dip the end in sugar and then take a bite and then dip it in sugar and take a bite, and, like, that's how you eat rhubarb raw. Huh. As a kid, I was like, I can get on board with this. I would have just licked the sugar off, but... Yeah. <laughs> Fine. But it was great. Um, so that's, that's how I ate rhubarb as a kid or if you feed it and like anything cooked. Cause I was like, well, why would I do that when I can dip it in sugar? Clearly that's a better alternative. Um, but now as an adult, I love it. It's one of my favorites I now. And when I was like 27 so or 28, I have a friend who was a great baker, owned a bake shop actually. And he said, uh, try this rhubarb probably. I said, oh, and he was a gruff individual. I said, uh, I don't like rhubarb because just shut up and eat it. I was like, okay. And I did. It was, and I, from that day on, I have been a lover of rhubarb. But it's funny how it's funny how your mm-hmm. taste buds change. Yeah, there's oh, there's quite sure. a few foods I mean, all the out things there. you hated as a kid, like I hated Brussels sprouts, I hated broccoli, I hate, I mean, pretty much anything green, right? Yeah. Um, I hated beets, and now, now it's like, oh yes, I'll have them, you know, twice a week or whatever. Uh, rhubarb and radishes, the two R's that I really hated. And I, to this, I mean, now, those are two of my favorite. I love radishes. Love, love, love. I make you ever m- had a watermelon radish? No. It's the one that's white on the outside, and it's got the, the red in the middle? I've never had a watermelon radish. Oh, you got to tack one down. They're uh, great. If you, like, slice them on your mandolin, like, super, super, super thin, they're gorgeous. You can make a great, like, a... Uh, mm. um, uh, salad out of them, because they have, like, so much good color to them, and... Yeah, I, I, I love what <laughs> one of my signature summer appetizers when people come over is I make I, I call it ra- uh, radish margaritas and it's not there's no alcohol it's not a drink but there's lime and there's salt and there's pepper and olive oil and a little bit of vinegar uh, no vinegar um, lime and uh, lime juice it's really simple and you just let it sit for a couple hours and it's it's got that margarita like taste to it. Nice. And it's absolutely delicious. And the same same thing. You just sit there with a big, you know, you buy a couple of big bunches, 
with the bigger ones and you sit there with your mandolin and really thin. So, mm-hmm. so good. And I used to, I mean, I hated radishes, rhubarb too. What is your, do you have a rhubarb go-to, something that you make with rhubarb that's the rhubarb that's, because I don't. Uh, I have three, actually. Oh! Um, I do. I love them. I make uh, cream scones with diced rhubarb and candied ginger. Okay. And then sprinkle, like, demerara sugar on top and throw them in the oven. That's yeah. one. And then the the typical normal, uh, you know, uh, strawberry rhubarb crisp. So yeah. I usually, like, this time of year, obviously, strawberries aren't in season. So I'll buy a bunch of rhubarb and I'll chop it into like one inch pieces and I'll throw it in the freezer. And then when strawberry season goes around, I'll make a crisp out of that. Uh-huh. And then I make a, um, a rhubarb chest pie. My other a, ru- a rhubarb what pie? Chest pie. Have you ever heard of that? At Christmas time, I make it with cranberries. But uh, in the springtime with the rhubarb, I make it with the rhubarb inside. It's, um, it's like a custard on the bottom. All right, let's, I, hold on. I got to get my pencil out. I got to get my pencil out. I'm pulling out my book. <laughs> AJ's. I'm going to write AJ's. Rub- what is it? What kind of rhubarb? Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Chest. Pie. Chest? So like C-H-E-S-T? Yeah, like the game. Like the game. Oh, chess. I thought it meant like Dolly Parton. No, chess. No, no, no. Yeah. So nobody really knows where it comes from because it's like custody based. Somewhere, you know, there's... One idea is that it was lost in translation. It was originally cheese pie because there's a bunch of eggs and, and cream and stuff in it. Um, so nobody really knows where the chest portion of it comes from. Um, but it's like uh, it's eggs, buttermilk, uh, orange zest, a uh, little bit of um, hold on, hold on, uh, apple cider vinegar. It's delicious. Hold on, wait. My pen's not working. I need another pen. Give me a second. I know. All right, here we go. Oh, my God, this one's not working either. Come on. What's up with this? Why does that always happen? You clean out your junk drawer. I know. That junk drawer that you, you know, there is, you know what that junk, you know what that's for? I, I hope to die someday so that my children have to go through it. Right? Because I have no idea. All right, chest pie. There we go. So tell me my ingredients again. Tell them slowly because I'm going to write them down and I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm going to write it. I'm going to use a pen and I'm going to write it. Oh, okay. I'm not going to type it. Uh, egg. Yeah. Buttermilk. Hold on. Orange zest. Wait. Orange zest. Yep. Sugar. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, honey, honey. I had to do it. Go ahead. <laughs> a little bit of apple cider vinegar. Ooh, so good for your digestion. <laughs> Probably not with the eggs and the buttermilk, but you know. Well, that's just a, that's um, saving you. All right. Um, I haven't made it since Christmas. So, yeah, egg, sugar, buttermilk. Orange zest, apple cider vinegar. Yep. And then you chop up your rhubarb. I think yep. I usually do, like for their smaller pieces, I usually do them half inch. Yeah. Chop them half inch or so. Um, and then you um, 
you put it in the pie crust. I usually use like a ground cracker crust, but you could use a regular crust. Yeah. Um, I put the put the rhubarb in the pie crust, pour all the rest of that mixed together over top, and then um, your rhubarb is going to float. And yeah. then sprinkle demerara sugar on top and stir it in the oven. And so the top like caramelizes as the rhubarb, and then you've got the custard underneath. Easy. Oh, enough. a little bit of vanilla extract. Oh. Does that go in the... Because uh, vanilla goes in everything, in the everything. custard part of it. All right. And a little bit of... Gra- what kind of sugar you put over it? Uh, demerara, like yep. the turbinado sugar. Yep. That's easy enough. You're in my book. You're in my book. There you go. And I am, you know what? You can't go wrong. It's caramelized yum. I call that caramelized Seriously. yum. Caramelization is like, one day I think God was hanging around and he said, I'm going to invent caramelized everything. And Mrs. God was I like, and, and, and Mr. God was like, are you really? And she said, yes, I am. <laughs> and Mr. God was happy. And watch how it makes everyone happier. And yes, Mr. God was happy. And the rest of the world was happy too. Yeah, caramelized bananas over ice cream or French toast. Oh, I know. Come on. I, uh, so good. And bananas are kind of off my list now. One of my favorite things, especially, I mean, just so simple. Like you said, mm-hmm. you caramelized. I, I caramelized bananas with, with uh, a honey and sugar and a little bit of maple syrup and, mm-hmm. and just a little, little, believe it or not, olive oil. But I, 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 really? I, yeah, I can't eat just a little bit, and it, it's. I mean, you could eat that with a spatula. If, oh yeah, if your sure. mouth was big enough. Lick the bowl while you're at it. I know. Sorry, I dropped my pick. Hey, by the way, I keep forgetting to say this. So if you're listening now, uh, this coming Friday night, there's a fundraiser at Look Park. Uh, they're raising money for the park itself, and there's a bunch of musicians and a bunch of bands playing, and I'll be singing three songs. So if you want to come out, help out Look Park this Friday night at 7 o'clock. Call Look Park for ticket information. I'm going to do a cover song. I'm going to do a Springsteen cover song. It's always hard to do cover songs because, A, there's expectations, right? B, if the person's well-known, it's harder. Bruce Springsteen, probably one of the most iconic singer-songwriters of our day and age. And then if it's one of the most famous of all that iconic singer-songwriter of our day and age songs, Thunder Road, a lot of pressure there. Yeah, good luck with that. Did you volunteer for this? What did you say? Did you volunteer to sing? I was volunteered for it. Oh, so I told. so I agreed. I agreed. It won't be a problem. I mean, I'm at a stage in my life. I'll do my best, and if it's that's all you can do, all you can do is your best. Yeah. What did I make that's the right. other day? I was home alone the other day, and what did I make? Boy, I can't remember. It was terrible. What was it? It was like one. Oh, you know what? I I made beef lettuce wraps. It was in Montana. I made beef lettuce wraps, but I got to tell you something about Montana. I don't know if we dis- did we discuss Montana at all. I love. I mean, I it, told you I love Montana. Yeah. What are we going to discuss? And so I, my my friend Bob, my old high school friend, we went fishing. He's got a nice little cabin right on the still water, and he had to go into Columbus, Montana. Very small town. They've got an IGA. Yeah. It's it's like the size of two Seven Elevens, and 
I had some tequila and I had some vodka. Where I so I was going to have te- vodka and seltzers with a lime, and then I was going to make beef lettuce okay. wraps, but I was going to roll them in in the and make a, almost like a taco instead. But that Asian beef. Okay. So I first of all I went in yeah. and I said hi, how you doing? And she like why? I said well I'm just asking, <laughs> just asking. She looked suspicious. She wasn't. She wasn't sure about me at all, and it got worse. Cause I, I said, you know, I, I'm looking for uh, seltzer water because I'd already walked down the water aisles and the soda aisles and the drink aisles, and there was no seltzer water. I couldn't find it, but it's got to be somewhere, right? What seltzer water? Yeah. I said, you know, seltzer water. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, it's right down in aisle seven. I went down. I looked. I said, and I am so sorry, ma'am. I'm not the smartest person in this conversation because I'm trying to be self-deprecating because I really want right. the seltzer water. Oh. So yeah. she goes, she goes, right here. I said, oh, that's soda water. So she said, what's seltzer water? I said, you know, seltzer. So I pulled out my phone and I showed her a picture. Oh, we, we don't have that here. We don't have that in Montana. I'm thinking, you don't have seltzer water in Montana? So then we went to a I mean, very nice, city, we, we went to a very nice restaurant about an hour away the next day and I asked for a vodka seltzer and they brought me a vodka soda. So I'm not sure. And maybe it's just because I was in a smaller towns, but... In the small towns, I don't think they know what seltzer water is. So I was flummoxed by this, but I would get by on the soda water. I'm not a big drinker, and I'd probably have wine anyway at this point without my seltzer water. So then I needed fish sauce. If you think seltzer water, if you think seltzer water confused the living hell out of these people, fish (laughs) sauce, what's in it? Yeah. Well, you know, there's fish byproducts, the anchovies. That's the most disgusting thing I ever heard. And how does the anchovy not get stuck and keep the liquid from coming out? I said, well, we usually, I said, I I was like, well, usually we, we clean it out with seltzer water, but that's not going to work. And she didn't, (laughs) she didn't find that amusing at all. She did not find me amusing at all. And at one of the restaurants we went on, uh, 30% of the people had on cowboy boots. And this was a very upscale, it was, Food was very good, by the way, but upscale restaurant. 30% of the people had cowboy boots on, their cowboy hats off on the side. They don't wear their hats inside there. And about 20% of those people who had the cowboy boots, including the women, had sidearms, either a a pistol or a knife. Yeah. Not like concealed. Just like, you know, kind of like uh, gun smoke, right? (laughs) Like the Wild West. So I said, to, I said to my... You know, these are my people, right? Yeah, I said to my friend Bob, I said, this is not the town you want to tell someone to go F themselves at a stoplight, right? This is a town, you just want to mind your own... It's like North Dakota, right? You just want to mind your own business yep. and don't get that little old lady who's 94 years old ticked off or she is going to kill you. And then she'll... Dr- oh, yeah, then she'll probably got one in her purse, at least. Yeah, and then she'll drive, well, you know, her and her friends will drive and, and play bingo and come home as if nothing happened. And they won't shoot to kill. They'll probably just wing you, you know, because they're probably even at 97, they're good shots. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so that was my Montana seltzer water fish. So so, (laughs) where was I going? I was going with it. I ended up making the the fish wraps, and they didn't have any butter lettuce, which I usually use for my fish wraps. I know there are people like, that's not, that's a little too tender, but that's what I use. Uh, They didn't have uh, soft taco shells. So I end up using hard taco shells, and it was just terrible. 
And that's my that's one of my signature dishes. I make that, and people are like, wow. And I said to my friend, I said, I'm so sorry they didn't have fish sauce, and the lack of salsa water in my alcohol is affecting everything. <laughs> but the steak we yeah, got. Yeah, the first time I uh, went back to cook for my, my – I stayed at my cousin's house in North Dakota, and I, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this meal tonight. I'm going to make chicken salsa and boga with you know, prosciutto, fresh moss, and sage, and stuff like that. And uh, I went to the grocery store. I think I went to uh, Dan Super Value, I want to say, which is a chain around there. Yeah. And I walked in, and I was like, hey, I need some prosciutto. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's prosciutto. It's uh, salt cure. There's usually some fat and in there. And, like, they didn't have it in a case. So I was like, well, oh. this is probably not looking good. But they had some soy stuff. And so I was like, all right, fine, I'll get this. It wasn't a brand I recognized, but whatever. And then I was like, oh, and I need fresh mozzarella. <laughs> and they're oh, like, forget it. Yeah, I was talking in the cheese case. And it was like, you know, like the normal mozzarella that you would like slice and, you know, stuff like that. And yeah. I was like, oh. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm surprised okay. they didn't break. Thanks, they, thanks so much. Yeah. Do, do, you have any, do, you have any, do you have any mozzarella? No, but there's a, a hardware store across the street. They do have power drills there. Like... No. I mean, and this was like 10 years ago, so it's probably, you know, better now, but yeah, a lot um, of people I just are... remember when we moved to Massachusetts, the kid went to, grocery store, went to the grocery store with my mom and we went down the pasta aisle and I was like, what do you mean? There's like 25 different types of pasta. Like I was familiar with spaghetti yeah. and rotini. <laughs> like, and that was it. Yeah. And elbows, you know? Yeah. And so, like, to have an entire aisle that was dedicated to pasta and sauce, I was like, what is this? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm Bucatini. I knew how to say, I mean, I grew up in an Italian oh. family, so I knew how to say all the, I knew all these pastas before I knew what a potato was. Oh, yeah. Do you know, today is, or uh, what was it, Monday was National Teacher's Day. I don't know if you're old enough, but they used to teach us how to make potato batteries. I mean, what a waste. And they taught us that Columbus discovered America. I mean, what the hell were they? T- I mean, first of all, every time the lights go out, I'm thinking, where are the potatoes? I need to charge up the battery. <laughs> I know how to fix this. Uh, and I don't because I don't remember. And they, you had to learn how to play that, uh, what was it called? The uh, instrument, the recorder. The recorder. recorder. Three blind mice. Yeah. Three blind mice. Yep. Yep. It's like, oh, come on. Really? Anyway, I digress. I digress. Yeah, this week at my kid's school is a teacher appreciation week. And teachers now, so. I mean, and I create, and I laugh. First of all, even back then, it's not the teacher's fault. They were taught, they were told what the teachers. They didn't make up the curriculum. Right. And teachers today are just so amazing. I mean, they they are more well rounded. Yeah. They the methods are better. The only thing I still complain about is they don't teach languages until seventh grade, which is like they've lost. It's already past past anything oh, that's yeah. important. So, it's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Wednesday is, well, it's Cinco de Mayo. Well, the next day is. When is Cinco de Mayo this year? What day? Oh, no, that's right. It's always on the 5th, Cinco. Right? Somebody asked me that a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me a few years back, do you know when Christmas is this year? I was like, I don't know what day. I I think it's on Wednesday. I said, no, no, what date? I was like, I think it's the 25th this year. I'm not sure. It's like... But Cinco de Mayo. So, sure somebody asked, but we're going to celebrate it on the 4th, which will be fun. And oh, okay. It's also uh, Kentucky. You're not going to do anything Star Wars? 
May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. That's you why. Know that? That's why I need you as a host. That's why I, it's for <laughs> ideas. May the fourth be with you. We are definitely going with you. that. Ugh, that's gonna be. We're gonna work that. And into. then there's something else. Revenge of the sixth. I think it is. If you want to go that go that route, but May fourth is Star Wars Day, International Star Wars Day. May, May the, the fourth, fourth be with you. Ha. Huh. We're adding that to, today, to today's show. I don't know how, but our, st- our crack team is already on it. And we're going to say, hashtag credit Andrea Jorgensen, better known as AJ. That's right. Yeah, we got the Kentucky Derby going up. Oh, I was are gonna, you going to make a mint julep? I, yeah, we're at mint julep. I think it's National Mint Julep Day is the 4th. Okay. Next Monday is uh, Moscato Day. I didn't see that either. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of the next half. We have Eat What You Want Day. That's next Wednesday. You know, a couple weeks ago they had a, what was it, uh, Appreciate Lima Bean Day last month? Appreciate Lima Bean Day. And if you don't, what are you, bad? Are you a bad person? I'm not sure I, I approve of that. I need to call all these places. Monday is National Shrimp Day. We have Taffy Day. I think I'm going to get, I hope I'm going to get uh, Kathy Woodward from Richardson Candy Kitchen on Taffy Day. It's also Escargot Day, which if you just serve me nothing except Escargot and seared foie gras for the rest of my life, I would be, I would be just fine. Those are two things I could eat every day for the rest of my life and be happy. Yeah, let's see here. Ne- uh, next Friday, the 13th, is International Hormis Day. Uh, I see. Oh, look it. There's a whole calendar. You just sent me a calendar. Mm-hmm. I did. No dirty dishes I have a day. calendar for my kids that's like different things every single day, and so we try and do something. But there you go. I just told them to shut up and eat. So we have different parenting m- methods. <laughs> well, yours are growing up now. Mine are growing up now. So, and they're, they're doing okay. So despite me, it worked out okay. <laughs> what else can you do? Hey, we got to go. All right. It's that time already. But we're going to talk again Monday. Yes. So we will be back on schedule. And then Dan, okay. my friend, Dan, my co-host Dan on Singapore to Sun Up. He is usually here on Wednesday, but he is off in Vietnam visiting his uh, significant other and her family. So he will be back next Wednesday. Okay. So my world gets back into, well, the force will be with me again. There you go. The fourth will be with me again, but it'll be with me on the 11th. See what I did there? I like that. Uh, I thought it was average at best, but I appreciate you every day. <laughs> Andrea Jorgensen, my co-host for Seattle to Sunapee, my good friend. Have a good week and take care of yourself, you well. and we will talk to you soon. Have a good weekend. You too. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this with more of Cooking Something Good.
Hello, I'm Mike Torville, host of Healing Voices Project, where we share stories of addiction, grief, recovery, and courage. We're happy to be working with the folks at Cooking Something Good, where you'll find entertaining, inspiring, and thought-provoking programs. To learn more about my show and others on the CSG Broadcast Network, please go to csgbn.com. We'd love to have you visit. Thanks. Hey out there, if you're a restaurant owner or a restaurant manager, I want to tell you about a game-changing spill recovery solution. It's called Spill Solved. Now, you're always going to want to have it nearby for when those nasty spills happen and for when you're cleaning up your greasy floors at the end of a shift. There's no more chemicals and mops to clean your greasy floors at the end of the day. Spill Solved goes on dry. It works instantly on grease and all kinds of spills, leaves no oily residue, and it leaves the affected area safe for foot traffic immediately. It's great for restaurants, and it's reusable. It's really a great product. You can buy Spills All at cookingsomethinggood.com, or for more information and an on-site demonstration, call Spills All at 413-537-8979. Nine Spill Solved, the new standard in spill recovery. Hey, we're back. It's time for today's foodie know-it-all question of the day. A chance for you to win $100, right? A $100 Visa gift card from your good friends here at Cooking Something Good. Just be the first to text us the correct answer. The text number 732-336-1040. If you're the first, you will win a $100. $100 Visa gift card from your friends here at Cooking Something Good. This week is the Kentucky Derby, known for their mint juleps, their fun hats, and a lot of exciting horse racing action. The question is, how many, on average, mint juleps are served at the Kentucky Derby? It should be an easy one. And if it's not, you can look it up anyway. But it should be an easy one because if you are listening, you know. If you are listening, you know the answer. It's a $100 Visa gift card, 732-336-1040. It's today's foodie know-it-all question of the day from your good friends here at Cooking Something Good. And that's it. This show is over. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to listen to a couple other great shows on the CSG Broadcast Network. Find them at csgbn.com. The Morning Bird Minute. Robin Lee Miller, owner and operator of Morning Bird. Great social media company. We use them, and they've done a great job for us. So if you're looking for someone to promote your business in the social media world, Morning Bird Media is the place to go, and they have a great weekly show. You can find it at csgbn.com. And Healing Voices, Mark Torville, a great show about families who have dealt with and gone through the really difficult process of dealing with a loved one with drug addictions. His show is so interesting and really helps a lot of people. It's at the CSG Broadcast Network, and it's called Healing Voices, and we've got a couple of great new shows coming out also at the CSG Broadcast Network. And remember, if you have an idea for a podcast and you want to make it a reality like they did, or if you already have a podcast and you want to get it rolling, get it going, we can help you make that happen. Contact the CSG Broadcast Network, jack at cookingsomethinggood.com, and we will get you some more details. 
Cooking Something Good is a production of the CSG Broadcast Network, and all rights are reserved. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this program without the express written consent of L, the most beautiful mini golden doodle, or any other dog, for that matter, in the whole world, well, it's prohibited. Again, thanks for joining us, and until next time, remember, fun is food, food is fun, and it's always foodie fun time here at Cooking Something Good. Don't wait for it to happen. Go out there and make today a great food day. Until next time, bye now. Bye.